of the enemy when we put our faith in Christ because he's triumphed over those forces on the cross. Now, this is the source of our capacity as Christians, and this is the fourth point I want to make, to take authority over evil spirits. This is where that authority comes from, from Christ himself. Christ has conquered them, and as king, he's given us, his followers, authority to live in that conquest. Now, we're, we're part of the mopping up operation, right? He's already defeated the big guys, the, the commander of the hosts of hell. And he's given it to us to throw down those gates and rescue others out from underneath the thumb of those forces. And so he gave us authority to cast out evil spirits. Luke 10, 21, I give you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy. And nothing will by any means harm you. I want you to understand your authority and your protection is Jesus. That's your authority and protection. Jesus himself. Five, point four, five. And I could say a lot more about each of these things, right? I shared with you before one of my first occasions when in prayer I discerned that there was an evil spirit at work. And for those of you who haven't heard it, I'll, I'll tell it to you again. And now, I just want to say from the get-go, this is not anything I expected to hear. Well, we went on a mission trip to India. We came back. One of the girls had an incurable skin disease. She'd been to the doctors, been through a whole bunch of different medicines to try to put an end to it, and nothing was working. And uh, we had a little prayer group of folks who had gone on that mission trip. And as we were praying around the table, I just asked in my mind, I said, Lord, what is this? That's the root of this. And I heard in the spirit a whisper in my, in my conscience. It said, this is an evil spirit. You have to cast it out. Something she picked up in India. And I'm like, what? I don't want to do that. I don't want to say that. That just sounds weird. <laughs> and if you're listening, you're thinking, yes, that does sound weird, maybe. But I decided to be obedient. So I said to the girl, can I, uh, I think God has shown me how to pray for you. Will you give me permission to do that? And she said, yes. And so I went over and I just said, in the name of Jesus, I command you, unclean spirit, come out of such and so. And she said right there, she felt something leave her. And she was healed from the skin disease. That was one of my very first opportunities where listening to God and what was going on, what was needed in prayer, I heard the Holy Spirit direct me how to pray for that person and saw instant results because the root cause was demonic. I already knew theoretically, intellectually, the Christian's authority over evil spirits, that we live in this heritage that Jesus has won for us of having authority to cast out evil spirits. But I hadn't done it before. So I was a little bit nervous coming up and saying that out loud. More nervous about what they would think of me, seriously. Isn't that a shame? But that's the truth. But because I was obedient, we saw instant results. And she was healed. Weeks later, I went back and asked her, are you still healed from that? And she said, yes. That's never come back since then. It's gone. Now, glory to God, right? And Now, that's I tell you that not just so you can have like, whoa, that was a cool story, but so that you can understand your own authority as believers. Sometimes there is something going on in the spirit realm, and it's evil, and it needs to be directly confronted and expelled. And God's given you authority in Jesus, you who believe in him, to do that very thing. And if you're open to listening to him and you realize that that could be an option, 
then you can move forward and bring victory in that situation. So put that in your pipe and smoke it. <laughs> okay, so uh, point five. If we resist the devil, he will flee from us. This is super important. James 1.7 spells it out. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come nearer to you. I just want you to hear the twofold movement there. Spiritual freedom requires submitting to God. Okay, if you're serving the devil and you try to expel him, that's not going to work. You know, if you're living in obedience to his ways and you try to resist him, he's going to say, ah, you're my slave. I don't have to do anything you say. But if you submit yourself to God and you're trusting Christ, then you've got his backing. I want you to hear that. And then the devil must flee from us when we resist him. Because guess who's on our back? Who's got our back? You know, I've heard of missionary stories where there were people who were out to kill those missionaries. When they got up to kill them, they got open their eyes to see the angelic majesties that were guarding them. And they fled in terror from those missionaries, not because the missionaries were scared, but because God opened their eyes to see who was behind them, who had their back. And those come and answer to prayer. Right? So, submit yourself to God. Is there any area of your life where you're not submitted? Where you're in charge and He's not? Where you're running your life and He's not? Where you're living your will and not His? Those are potential places where the devil will trip you up and where it will become harder and harder to resist him. But if you submit yourself to God, surrender to him, lay down your uh, crown and, and rod of authority and charge and say, Jesus, you be my crown and authority and rod. I surrender to you. Then you are in his kingship and the devil is scared of that. And he'll run away from you. I want you to get that. Then when we were in Christ, living the way we're supposed to be living, the devil's terrified of us. Get that right in your head. Now, in light of all these things, I want you to think about what the armor of God is for. The goal of these evil creatures remains to destroy God's good creation, especially us. Peter warns, 1 Peter 5a, be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He writes that to believers like you and me. We need to be alert and on guard so we're not devoured by the enemy's scheme. Those enemies, those spiritual forces of wickedness, they still have schemes to try to trip us up if possible. And we need to be aware of those schemes to avoid them. The armor teaches us where we need protection and how to protect ourselves. It gives us the pieces to fit ourselves with so that we can escape the devil's schemes. And I'm going to be looking at these in detail for this summer, these pieces, because they're not something we can just race through in five minutes. Let's see, do I have that much time left? About. 
The belt of truth. And we could spend weeks on that. The enemy uses deception and lies, false gospels and false teaching to deceive. Right from the beginning, lying to Eve, getting her to disbelieve and distrust God, thinking some he the devil was going to give her something better if she would just go skirt around God. You know, what'd she get from her personal rebellion and engagement, discovering evil personally? It wasn't good. It was immediate defeat, immediate shame. Immediate alienation within and without. No, the devil's a liar. He will lie to you and say, hey, I got something sweet for you. Try this. God doesn't really care. It won't hurt you. And then pretty soon you're a slave. And you don't like being a slave. You know you're a slave, but you can't help it. This is what the devil does. He lies to us and he uses lies to trip us up, bind us, and take us captive. One of his big powers is the power of deception. He's an expert liar and deceiver. As Jesus said, there is no truth in him. Second Corinthians eleven fourteen, Paul even says that Satan himself masquerades as an angel of light. And sure enough, over the last couple millennium, he's appeared to different people as an angel of light and said, Hey, I have a new revelation for you. A new revelation. Yeah, exciting stuff. You don't have to worry about the gospel. You know what I got for you. Trying to deceive, if possible, even the elect. The enemy tries to get us to believe lies about God, about ourselves, about our emotions, about our neighbors, about the world, about everything. Because he knows if we fall prey to falsehood from that beachhead, he can begin to take us captive. We'll talk more about this because Truth in the inward being. That's what Scripture says God wants. Jesus said, I came to bear witness to the truth. You know, what would Pilate's answer? What is truth? That's what the world says. What is truth? Does it really matter? It matters, folks. It matters eternally. Our breastplate of righteousness. The enemy uses our moral compromises, our unrepentant sins, our unrighteous deeds and attitudes to further his plans. Also, in those places, it's like you have a chink in your armor. If you're in battle, and you certainly are, and you've got a chink in your armor, believe me, the enemy will figure out where that is. And there, he'll try to stab you. You know, So it's so important that we get rid of all known sin. That we confess and repent of it and ask God to forgive us so we can be washed clean and that bit of the armor of righteousness can be restored so we're not vulnerable in that spot to being attacked. I I want to sort of skip ahead here because I want to give us time for communion. There are more pieces of the armor, of course. In the coming weeks, we're going to be looking at them. To be a Christian is to be in this war. In fact, (laughs) to be human is to be in this war, you look around the planet and you see the forces of evil at work all over the place, all the time, trying to bring destruction and discord and, and uh, bad things to God's creation. Trying to stop people from hearing the gospel. Trying to put an end to their lives before they get a chance to. The war is ongoing, but when we are in Christ, we are ultimately on the winning side. You need to hear that and know that. That this set of beings, their time is short and they know it. You know, Some of them are kept in Tartarus 
Peter says, waiting for the moment when the final judgment comes, when they'll be thrown into hell. Others have a short time at work here now to test and tempt and try to wreak havoc. But God's kingdom is advancing. And when we are in Him, in Jesus Christ, we are on the winning side in this war. So let's claim our inheritance as victors in this spiritual battle. Let's renounce the secret ways of evil of the enemy and learn to walk in the light, wearing the full armor, taking up our weapons. And I'll close with this from 1 John 1, 5. And this will be our preparation. This is the message we've heard from Him and declare to you. God is light. In Him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with Him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, purifies us from all sin. If we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves. And the truth's not in us. If we confess our sin, He's faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. This is the promise and true Word of God for us. And part of our spiritual food to get ready for this battle which we're already in. But God wants us to be effectively on the offense. Not to be on the sidelines, not to be prisoners of war, not to be oblivious and just hold up in our houses like the war is going to rage outside, it'll never come in here. But ready to be on the offense for Jesus. To bring love and freedom, the power of the gospel, wherever God wants us to go. Thank you for listening to Igniting Your Faith. Let God's Word empower your life with new growth that encourages everyone you meet. Igniting Your Faith is copyrighted and published by Dr. Chris Fisher and First Church, Schuylkillhaven, Pennsylvania. Special piano music played by Cindy McClelland. You can find more information about Dr. Chris Fisher, this podcast, and the church at our website, havenfirstumc.org. We hope you will join us again next week and let God ignite your faith.